Hello, and welcome to the Homeschooling and Loving It podcast. I'm your host, Jamie, your friend at homeschool.com and homeschool mom of six. Join us as we keep it real and chat about the ups and downs of this amazing adventure we call the homeschool life. So grab a cup of your warm favorite and a comfy chair and let's get started. Hi everyone, I'm Jamie with homeschool.com and we are working on a homeschool helping hand series and we are trying to do exactly what our title states and be a helping hand to our homeschool friends. And so today I have a very special guest with us. Her name is Joanne Calderwood and she has a website called youarethemom.com. Isn't that great? And we invited her to speak with us today to share some wisdom about homeschooling and about certain areas of homeschooling that we all, even the most experienced homeschoolers, struggle with. And so, Joanne, before we dive into our conversation today and get into the nitty gritty, would you share a little bit about yourself and your family and maybe your homeschool journey and what you're doing right now? Sure. Well, first of all, Jamie, thank you so much for inviting me to talk with you today. I'm very excited to be here. And uh, as I told you a little bit earlier, this is the first interview I've done since my youngest graduated from homeschool high school. So I graduated eight uh, kids from homeschool high school. Phew. We all survived with most of our faculties intact. Um, yeah, that's, and seriously, by the grace of God. And um, like you, I'm a, a former teacher, uh, taught in public school, private school. And, um, you know, my journey with homeschooling started when my oldest was diagnosed with type one diabetes as a four year old. And, um, and so this was, oh, 90, 91, 92, 1992. And homeschooling wasn't a big deal then. Um, but the pastor and his wife at the church I went to, they homeschooled and they had two boys about third and fourth grade who were so polite and not really the kind of, uh, fourth grade kids I was used to being around in public school. I did enjoy teaching and, and that sort of thing, but through meeting them and realizing that, you know, we as parents are gifted with being teachers just by virtue of being parents. And I just saw, uh, I, I guess there was a little bit of the, I don't know, snobby teacher in me that was like homeschool. Well, okay, well, she's the mom of these kids. Well, she's a teacher. So yeah, she's qualified. Well, I learned so much about being a teacher just by being a mom. And that's really where my education degree comes from. Not from, I mean, from a college, but not from being a mother. And I'm an expert on my kids nobody else's but my own you know and my homeschool journey is quite accidental but on purpose because I know the Lord uh just ordained this time and season in my own family's life to be with my kids and 
you know, it wasn't even the education part. It's the being with them 24 seven that kind of makes us scream and cry and run for the closet sometimes. But, you know, um, once we started home educating, uh, which was basically at birth, right, with our when our kids were born, it really was not looking back. And I just crashed and burned when I was pregnant with number six. I brought the classroom style of teaching into my home. You know, everything's organized and we all get up at, I don't remember what time now, it was a long time ago. We all had breakfast together. We start blah, 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 certain time, everything's structured, organized. And that worked for a few kids worth. But then there was a crashing point where uh, I was pregnant with number six and, and, and didn't really care if we ever homeschooled again. So, um, but I needed to rethink education by virtue of being exhausted. And um, I know a lot of moms deal with burnout and exhaustion, and it may not take them six kids to get there uh, or, or, or whatever, but bringing that model of classroom education home, uh, you know, really wasn't working anymore. And uh, we had to find, I had to find a better way. So I started letting my older kids go and work on independently, just go and do the next math lesson and bring it to me as I was laying on the couch nauseated and I would look over it. And I started writing things down that they did. And then started um, thinking, you know, they work faster and better on their own, you know? Um, And they love to come and show me what they did on their own. And kids don't ever lose that unless they go to school, (laughs) you know, and realize, well, I need a teacher to teach me. I need someone to tell me. And, and that was the beautiful realization in my homeschooled journey is that I realized that my kids uh, who were basically third, fourth grade, they could read, they knew the standards, they were trustworthy. I could let them go and they would go further faster than um, waiting for me to say, okay, guys, it's math time, you know? So, yeah, so that's, That's how I got into the self-learning aspect of home education. Absolutely. I love your transparency. I love that you just, you know, let us all know that you are struggling with baby number six. I, I have to admit, I have a very similar story to tell. Um, And my situation was very much like that. I tried to do the traditional classroom in my home and I also crashed and burned (laughs) I think it was freeing though, right? Right. It was very revealing to me of what we needed in our home, you know, in, in light of the fact that in reality, I think it's some people with maybe just a few children can do the classroom at home and very rigid structure. But I think when you start bringing in four, five, six, seven, eight children to the mix, that you kind of have to think out of the box, like you said, right. just, just for survival. And so I'm, right. I was, you know, you're telling your story and I'm thinking, hmm, 
So parallel, parallel story right here. So I did the same exact thing. I realized that uh, doing at that point in time, um, baby five and six, I was trying to teach four kids. So the two youngest weren't in there yet, but just even keeping track of uh, four sets of, you know, spelling tests for, you know, all the, all the little details that we had to stay on top of trying to teach them separately and like a classroom. I felt like I was losing my mind. Exactly. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that. (laughs) Say amen to that one. (laughs) You know, rising from the ashes. (laughs) Yes. But you learn. I mean, so many people that I've talked to other homeschool moms that I've done this type of interview with, when we get to talking, we kind of come to this point where we fall on our faces and we learn from it. And we realize what we need as a family unit and as our individual children or individual learners need. And we start customizing our homeschool to fit their unique needs, which is the beauty of it, right? Absolutely. I see now I have goosebumps because that's it. That's it. And, And learning the education is so much broader in scope than, um, textbooks or government mandated this or that you know we get to train them um you know and uh in in self-mastery and learning how to oh and and motivation you know I, I found my children were so much more motivated when they had ownership of their education and I mean you have a doctorate. I mean, you get the whole classroom, uh, online education kind of thing. And, um, it it just, it has its place, but there's, there's the mandated side of it where we've got to hit certain things. And, And I was very, uh, even, even when my kids were young and sometimes my scheduling technique <laughs> was just writing on the calendar math, language and reading. And, you know, that was a good school day, math, reading, language. And, you know, uh, (laughs) but as my kids got older and you realize they get to high school and there are certain things that have to be done. And I was very diligent about making sure that got done, but maybe in a little bit more, um, what's the word? Um, motivational way the whole the whole um raising children who are trustworthy and not that they don't ever screw up or don't write in their planner that they did something and they really didn't do it I mean there have been those times but those are character training uh you know opportunities and just living life with our children I mean to me that's the blessing of homeschool so the fact that once my kids started having the freedom uh, because I could trust them, um, I developed simple planning system that I would do Sunday nights for them. And I would start laying it out for them. And they would just cross off things as they did them. Um, very simple. But I learned that uh, they would 
I remember my oldest, he was probably 10 at the time and said, hmm, if I finish Friday's work on Thursday, do I get a three-day weekend? And I'm like, heck yeah. <laughs> yes, but it has to be done with excellence. So I, I stopped micromanaging out of necessity, watched my children become not just more motivated, but self-motivated. And then they would, they learned how to set their own goals and exceed their own goals. Not for me. I mean, which of us as moms needs another high school diploma? This isn't my education. It's my child's education. And there's a responsibility that I want to put on their shoulders. Um, You know, so that sense of ownership really causes them to become motivated and to do things faster um, with accountability, you know, for excellence. So, and it makes more time to be mom for a baby. You know, when we had our, our babies, it could be mom. Oh, absolutely. I used to, um, even when I was a teacher, I taught, like, I, I think we were talking about this earlier. I taught first grade for a while and it was like, early on, I knew if I could just teach them to do some things without my help, my life would be so much simpler. And so, you know, lunchtime when you're a teacher is an absolute nightmare. Do you remember lunchtime? (laughs) Okay. So you have like 20 kids (laughs) at least that you have to, everybody has to get a lunch for, you know, I think those moments prepared me somewhat for a mom of six, you know, <laughs> but I taught, all of them. I taught all of them how to use the microwave, <laughs> you know, these little first graders and their mom's going, my child wants to use the microwave at home. I'm like, they're fine. They know how <laughs> I brought that home with my kids when they were little. And those just little things like that, um, creating independence. Now, granted, I, taught them a safe way to use the microwave when they were very little they were only allowed to use that 30 second button you know that shuts off at 30 seconds because my oldest yes, I that button. <laughs> yeah. so just simple things like that that also teaches them responsibility and independence not just in their schoolwork but in life and that carried over yes. to trying to teach them how to take care of their room and their personal hygiene. And, and of course, obviously what we're talking about today in their schoolwork. And, uh, you know, I think we've both been uh, pointing back to our experience with multiple children and many grades. I think that's so important when you're trying to work with all these grade levels and um, your children at all different, you know, levels of achievement that you can have them and, you know, have them working on what they need to be working on and staying motivated and having a plan, even though it may be very loose. And that's another thing you mentioned that I feel like I'm seeing reoccurring theme of that in a lot of moms with many children is, you know, we don't have this serious routine where we've got, you know, time limits from eight to eight fifteen. We do this. And, you know, that just doesn't work. But we have right. a routine instead. And so right. yeah, I, it's it's lovely to see that, OK, 
okay, when I'm trying, hey, that actually worked for you too. <laughs> I'm probably headed down the right path. You know, not that we're always going to be just alike in what we do, but I feel like it's reassuring. You know, when we're talking through all this stuff and maybe there are new homeschool moms and dads that are listening to our conversation, you know, and they're feeling that they're feeling like, oh, the schedule isn't working. What's wrong with me? And they Nothing. can, yeah, they can hear us say, no, we threw out, we threw out those rigid schedules because they, you know, for my, in my situation, I felt like a failure when I didn't complete something from eight to eight fifteen. you know, oh, yes. man, I missed my deadline again, you know? And so I just, yeah. I can't do this anymore. It's making me feel like I'm failing my children every day. So. Yeah. Ruining them. I mean, how many times we all, I mean. I think that's pretty um, commonplace that we all are afraid we're going to ruin our kids. And um, yeah, fortunately, that's hard to do, I found. (laughs) But it's such a reassuring thing to know that, you know, because that's another situation that we're going through right now. So many new homeschoolers and they're starting because maybe of an emergency situation. Maybe it's related to um, our situation with uh, the pandemic or whatever, um, they start homeschooling for, you know, whatever reason it is. And they just think, oh my goodness, if I don't do it, just like her cl- their classroom teacher, I'm, they're just not going to make it. They're going to be behind. They're going to be this. And, you know, that's been one of the biggest messages that we've tried to get out this year is that, no, you're going to be fine. They're going to be fine. Enjoy, like you said earlier, enjoy that time with them because you have that privilege of just being with them. Living life, living life together. Um, Absolutely. There's so much, and you think, and you know this, in a classroom situation, um, you're teaching so many different things so much busy work that is just programmed in there into the curriculum because you have time to fill. But one of the biggest surprises for me as a homeschooling mom with self learners is that they go at their own speed. And a lot of times it's a lot quicker because they don't need me to expound my rations of knowledge, which they don't need to hear anyway they know what to do. They're just waiting for me to shut up so they can go do it. You know, we're done with the homeschooling in in an elementary level before lunchtime. I used to feel like, what am I missing? What did I forget? Well, no, we did math. We did phonics. We did, you know, fill in the blank. It doesn't take eight hours. So, and, and our children are free to do things they like to do because they're children, you know? Absolutely. That the the bigger challenge now than when I started, of course, is how do I direct my children where electronics, where screens are concerned? How do you can I ask, how do you do that? How do you is that a question? No, no, you're fine. Um, well, in our situation, we are kind of eclectic homeschoolers, so we do a few of our classes using the computer and usually the courses where I may have difficulty teaching them. So like, for example, Spanish, they do Mm -hmm. the computer for Spanish and, um, 
we tried science in some other classes and um, it was just very difficult for my girls to get the information. So we do biology right now um, as a class, like I teach it. Yes. It's, it's just so much subject matter uh, for them to just pull out on their own. So that one they did need a teacher with, but then there are other ones like their language arts. They are completely, to use your words, completely self-propelled. <laughs> um, so it's a mix. I kind of throw it here and there, but to, to regulate them and guard them as far as computers, um, I don't give them any piece of technology unless it has a filter or some sort of um, blocking software on it. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. I remember the good old days when the, when I'd send the, the kids to bed and they would read books, you know, uh, with a flashlight under the covers and <laughs> me, you know, they were reading and re- good readers make good writers and, you know, to be able to promote books and, and the joy of reading. And now there's so many time suckers that are, 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 you know, in their hands as teenagers. Um, so that was my biggest challenge, I think, in the later years, not the, not the education part, but the encouraging them to form good habits with the technology that's available. Yeah. We're kind of, um, I don't know how you would say it, maybe old fashioned. I don't know. (laughs) We like what we do, but we don't allow our children to have a phone or at least a smartphone until they have graduated from high school and they have a job, can pay for it, um, show responsibility. Uh, We did just recently purchase a phone that's, that's not smart. You know, it just has phone calls and (laughs) text. It's a dumb phone. I guess you can say, I don't know, just so that I know they have a way to contact me when I'm, I'm not with them, you know. I think that's wonderful. You know, uh, just that, (sighs) to me, ability to focus on what's really important, you know, and um, I I look back, looking back, a couple of my kids um, started home businesses when they were at home in high school. And my oldest daughter now not only has continued that business through college, but she just moved it into a warehouse and has five employees one, two, two are siblings. She's uh, sold almost a million dollars in beads, you know, like jewelry, beadings, and and all from free time she had as a homeschooler, just able to do fun stuff, you know, and for kids to be able to pursue their passions. And, um, you know, she's a full-time mom uh, as well. And, and, you know, the rearview mirror thing, looking back now on, I, I can see the the positives about mm-hmm. self-learning and there really weren't any negatives. I don't, uh, the one negative that my college bound and, and college kids had was um, they found that they weren't in classes. They didn't have enough time in their school days to 
master everything. They had to set priorities, you know, like these are my major classes. So, uh, so they really dealt with, uh, what now looking back, I wish I had instilled in them the difference between perfectionism and conscientiousness, because there's a huge difference and conscientiousness is really what I was going for as, you know, as a parent to raise conscientious kids, kids who have a desire uh, to do things well, but don't feel like they failed themselves uh, or anyone else if they haven't achieved perfection, because <laughs> guess what? We don't No, nobody achieves perfection. So that's the one thing with self-learning that I've wanted them to learn where to go to find out what they don't know. And that served them very well, except the other thing is not emphasizing enough the need to ask for help. Sometimes you need help. And that's what I would do differently. I would harp, (laughs) I would harp on them that it's not about perfectionism. It's about conscientiousness and doing you know, the best you can. Sometimes it's not going to be absolutely stellar um, if you don't have the time, whatever. Doing it well is good enough, you know, but also the ask for help when you need it. Um, I don't think that I I did that uh, enough, emphasized that it's okay to friends or mentors or professors. Um, I would do that differently, but I I had a point in that. Remember what it was? Sorry, it's gone. (laughs) So completely. So I'm going to just ask you a few pointed questions. So just myself, um, as a homeschool mom, I just want to (laughs) know. So I'm going to pick your brain if you don't mind. Uh, so you kind of mentioned your planning process. Um, that sometimes, sometimes it was just that you wrote down three things and that's what your goal was for the day. And sometimes it was, it was different or it was more, and I understand different seasons of life. I have really been there, especially when I had like two toddlers running around and I was trying to take care of teaching four different grade levels. Um, exactly. can you elaborate maybe on different ways that you planned and then, um, brought the, your students, your children into that um, independent learning? Because I know that's a process. It wasn't an overnight thing. So can you share that with us? No, no, um, I'll try. I'm not sure <laughs> the extent. But, uh, um, I found that there's a, a parent-directed style with our younger kids, you know, where we have to teach them, they need us to teach them. Um, But by the same token, they still have a, let me try it, you know, let me try, like, well, a two year old learning to tie his or her shoes, it's, I can do it by myself, I can do it myself. Why do kids ever lose that? Um, And, you know, part of the reason the is I think because they go off to school and they learn that they need to be taught at, you know, that I can't possibly figure out uh, this until the teacher presents it, you know? And I think that um, 
we squelch curiosity and their desire to try things out of the um, the whole American, well, not just American, but the the concept of education that requires a teacher. So, um, but there is, there's a need for that, obviously. And with my younger kids, um, and I actually, um, I did design some planners, but you can use a calendar. It doesn't have to be um, planners, but I will say if anybody is watching this and they are interested in a free download of the student planners that I've uh, developed, um, you can send me an email at info, I-N-F-O, at youarethemom.com, and I, I'll be happy to send you a free download for planners, uh, just because it doesn't, anything will work. But I did, this morning, just for fun, um, I just wanted to, if I had a minute, to just show how easy planning is for, um, and I'm not talking about curriculum selection. That's all another animal, you know, <laughs> homeschool moms stress over, but, um, you know, the beginning of the school year, my kids and, and homeschool kids have a stack of books. And the cool thing about home education is we get through those books. I never finished a book in public school. Did you ever, Jamie? Very seldom never social studies. And that was the cool stuff to me or history. We never finished. I remember not finishing my math books almost every year. Yeah. And that was awesome though, wasn't it? (laughs) We were like, yeah, we're done. Exactly. Exactly. But at homeschool, that's, that's the goal is we're going to get through these books. This is project management, uh, first semester of whatever year the student is and you know just a piece of paper and and having our kids um begin with the end in sight so that's um you know the end is getting through this math book Mm -hmm. and let's say there are um let's say 150 lessons and you divide that by 36 weeks and I have notes because I'm bad at math um and that comes out to like four lessons a week Mm -hmm. um And so just simply on one page on the first day of school, and you probably can't see this. That's why I'll send you a free PDF if you're interested. Um, Just to write down what the goal is for nine weeks, you know, and and do the math and divide it out into four nine-week sections. That's the goal. And gosh, that's so doable when you break it down and see that, wait a minute, I really only have to do... 3.5 3.5 math lessons. I don't know how you do 3.5, but, yeah. um, but with the younger, with my younger kids, the parent directed Sunday night, I would write it out, you know, very simple, but you know what? The planner is theirs. It's not mine. I don't, I don't have a mom. I've never had a mom homeschool planner because this isn't my education. It's my kid's education. So they have planner that is specifically for them. And um, if I could put this in perspective, which will help me not ramble as much, my oldest son uh, is married and has two children with his wife. They have a six-year-old son and a three-year-old daughter. And Nick just started homeschooling. He is a work-from-home dad. His wife 
works, she still uh, works full time uh, at um, an office, but Nick, a uh, very high powered uh, professional, but he's homeschooling his six year old son while he is caring for his three-year-old daughter Uh, and he loves it and I never thought and it was the pandemic that caused them to do this because my six-year-old uh grandson uh went to kindergarten but then last year in first grade instead of sitting on the computer with teacher directed Nick was like yeah I think we're just going to homeschool him well this morning I sent him a text I have to read it though and I asked him uh, what was my question? I asked him, um, I said, at age six, what kinds of things does Christian do independently? Because uh, I've kind of lost touch not having a six-year-old for a while. And this is what he said. He said, basically, I just have to tell him what he's supposed to do for math. For example, he'll do it, bring it to have me check it. Some exceptions like learning to tell time, but he does all his work with only a few minutes of instruction beforehand, other than reading. And, you know, it's that teach me and then just let me do. And then he crosses it off. The, the child crosses it off because it's a, like our to-do lists. I don't want anyone else crossing off anything from my to-do list because that's the fun part, right? Right. So it is that parent-led where you're writing out where you want your student to go. But very quickly, I can have fourth graders at the beginning of the year sit down with their planner, piece of paper, what have you, and with a calculator, do the math, figure out what they have to do each quarter to finish their books. And then it's a challenge to them to work more quickly, to finish more quickly, and they know how much they have to do every day. And they start writing out their own work, yes, in fourth grade, fifth grade, sixth grade, and soon it goes from teach me, let me try to, yes, I can, I can do this. And um, I can tell you very unexpectedly, I, you know, I became a single mom. I had four daughters still in high school when um, I became divorced and I was working um, with youarethemom.com and I also got a full-time job. And um, I had four daughters who had been self-learning and and knew the ropes. And my baby was, hmm, I'm going to say she was 11 at that time. And she's the one that just graduated. And, um, you know, the blessing of self-learning is no matter what season you're in, the learning can continue. Um, I shared with you, I, I remarried in 2017. Um, but at, before we got married, my fiance was diagnosed with cancer. And we had 18 months of Mayo Clinic visits and what have you. And I had three daughters at home and they continued with their education. So, you know, sickness, the family crises, you know, the unthinkable can occur and homeschooling still can continue in whatever uh, designation works in your, in, in your household for what you're going through. So, you know, a fourth grader, once a child can read, 
they can make out their own work schedules and cross them off and take that ownership. And uh, our job, my job becomes monitoring. So, okay, I'm done. (laughs) (laughs) No, I was just thinking so many parallels to what you said. Um, I, myself, I've tried to teach my children similar, very similar, of course, because that's a survival skill when you have so many, <laughs> you know, as much independence as you can is, is really the way to go. But um, I noticed with my youngest and shame on me for this, but I kind of um, maybe mothered her a little too much. And so she, yeah. she was in seventh grade last year, eighth grade this year. And just the last two years, we've really been working pretty strong on creating her own weekly plan. So she's getting there, you know, every, every, the beginning of the week, I was just checking on her earlier today. You got that plan? How's everything going? You know, because of course she's in middle school. She does need Mm -hmm. me to follow through and make sure that she is um, actually doing that. (laughs) She knows needs supervision, but we are right. Yeah, we're trying to do that and get her to that place. And of course, my 10th grader is doing that as well. And she she enjoys um, creating a beautiful little planner and having everything done really nicely. So um, but it's it's great because you can see as the parent when you do need to do the checkup on them that they're that they're progressing that they're um, as they're writing this plan, you see that they're achieving that they're growing and they're learning. So it's, it's a nice yes. way for mom to do a kind of a cursory overview of what's happening as well and keep your family. And they want to show us, they want, they, you know, they want us to see what they're learning, you know, and it's great one-on-one time when you have a lot of children to sit down and, and focus on, on what they've been learning, right. you know, and, and especially when they're younger, it becomes more of a you know, show me all the amazing things that you've done, you know, and then that's their chance to, you know, make, show mama and, and have their special time and just shine, you know, and then you can have that opportunity as mom to praise them, which I feel is so important. Um, one of, one of the things that uh, was mentioned into my 10th grader this week is she's, we're really trying to work on some creative writing skills and, um, she's just really dug into it the last month, month and a half and uh, encouraged her yesterday. I was like, you know, I'm reading all of this stuff and you're, you're really putting in that nice beginning of the, the essay grab that grabs your reader's attention. And you're, you're adding this nice conclusion and just tried to praise her to encourage her and even give her more motivation to keep on and, and enjoy doing Absolutely. It. She's, she she has some skill. Yes. Well, I, yeah, I appreciate how you shared, um, what you did. I am so impressed though, um, your daughter being an entrepreneur and she started that when she was in high school, you said amazing. She started it with like 20 bucks of birthday money. And um, it's funny because, like I, I said, she's hired um, more people, and um, 
So there's only two siblings now who work for her. And it's not the two original who used to work for her, Mm -hmm. but those two original ones, she used to pay in candy. (laughs) And now, you know, she, they've got benefits and, you know, all this stuff, but, you know, just for kids who are self-motivated because they have control of their education they have so much time then in a, in a day's period to concentrate on stuff they enjoy, you know? And um, yeah, that's why I asked you about the, um, uh, the screen time thing, because nowadays that's so much more of a distraction than it was when I had eight kids at home. Mm-hmm. And um, so I appreciate your, your wisdom on that you know, I feel like we could do even better. (laughs) We don't, we don't have television per se, but we do have like Amazon prime. And I don't know, sometimes that that mom and me is like, Oh, we need to cut back on how much we watch of that every week. But anyway, um, yeah, it is. It's, it's very difficult, but I, I, you were talking just a minute ago and, um, a thought hit me. It does free them up to do a lot of different things, like your daughter becoming an entrepreneur, starting her own business. My son, when he was in high school, actually, uh, I guess it was about 14, 15, started an apprenticeship with a local body shop that we have in town. And he was able to, I mean, he still works for him. He's in college. Um, you know, college and and working at the same time. So he was able to learn all those skills. Now he has almost five years of experience in a body shop, you know, which is wonderful for a resume. So there's out of the box things that they can do when they take charge of their, their own education. Absolutely. And, and I know, um, I speak with um, a lot of parents and some of them say that their children, once they get to college, have really just kind of um, adjusted so much better than their peers because they're used to managing their time. And kids who are, um, what's the word? I don't know what the opposite of not self-learning is. Uh, they want to be fed basically. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Just, and, and, and to not have had that ability to make your own decisions in the course of a day. Um, You know, and, and I think what shocked me most about raising self learners is because my kids were problem solving and our, our, you know, when they're, they have control, they're problem solving on their own. And they're used to reading a question and figuring it out. And I had my ninth, my oldest, when he was in ninth grade, took the, um, what was it, ACT for fun. And that's, whoa, I'm dating myself here because the results came in the mail and my in-laws were visiting and they're both teachers and, you know, homeschooling was still you know, a little questionable in their minds. And 
come to find out, of course, the results come when grandma and grandpa are there and uh, Nick tears open his results. And I'm used to the SAT, you know, where a good score for a ninth grader, anything over a thousand, right? Yeah. So I'm looking over, standing on tiptoe, looking over Nick's shoulder and there's his grandfather, who's a, um, a guidance counselor looking over his shoulder and I see the number 35 and I'm like, oh, I'm a failure. You know, I, I was, I was hoping for more like a thousand, you know, but I didn't know 36 is a perfect ACT score. And I'm like, how did you do that? We haven't had biology. We haven't had chemistry. And his response was mom, the ans- the answers are all right there. And it's a game to him. It was a game to, figure out which one it was. And, and I found that, I mean, he ended up scoring perfectly on the SAT and I had, you know, that was never an aim, but that was a result of self-learning and of, yes, I can, you know, and, and, and working, we didn't talk about mastery, but mastery is something else I'm really passionate about. And, you know, when we were classroom teachers, we couldn't, make sure every one of our dear students learned everything to the best of their ability. It was, we throw it out there, we vomit it up, <laughs> they get it, maybe they don't get it, but we got to move on. But you don't have to, that's not a homeschool thing. There's no reason a child should ever fail. And um, to give our children the time they need to soak up a concept, you know, or sometimes skip over it until they're mentally ready. Um, like telling time, a couple of my girls, when the, the curriculum said it's time to learn time, it wasn't time for them. And so I learned, tear that out of the book, staple it, and we'll hit it at the end of the year, yeah. you know, so the, the freedom we have to let go of that teacher mindset and take the time or let our kids move ahead. That's, it, it's almost a no brainer until you realize a classroom isn't like that. Um, you know, and, but learning, yes, I can. It might take me a little longer, but yeah, I can is so good for a child's self-esteem, you know? Absolutely. You know. <laughs> Absolutely. And just, you know, some practical ways that we can do that. And I'm I'm just throwing this out there, maybe for new homeschoolers that may be listening. Um, You know, if your child is stuck on a concept, instead of just saying, okay, this is the answer, or this is how you do it, blah, blah, blah. Tell them or encourage them to go back to the book or whatever they're using to study, if it's an online class, or if it's a textbook or workbook, whatever. And try to find a different way, go back to the beginning and work through it again, but giving them those alternatives to, like you said, yes, you can just go try again or review this or try it this way. Instead, you know, so many times we get in a hurry or we just want to get things finished and completed or check it off our list that we just give them those answers. And that's kind of robbing from them that, gift of knowing that they can. Yeah. 
and having to work to get something because not, not everything comes easily as we know, you know, and, um, and what I really loved also was that um, versus in a classroom, you take a test, you miss, let's say 25%, you have a, a C and that's good enough to move on. Well, no, it's really not because you just missed 25% of that. And we all know you like fractions. I never learned how to convert fractions to desk. I missed that somewhere uh, in my education. I learned I was crummy at math because I didn't have the time I needed to really understand. But I remember reinforcing to my kids that um, take the time. It, you're not cheating yourself if you go back and spend another day you're cheating yourself if you don't do that homeschoolers shouldn't have gaps you know it's success on success on success success may not happen today in our math time (laughs) but it can happen tomorrow when you know the student it's a mindset of I'm not going to move on until I get this you know and and so much, I think, of the, the burnout that not just new homeschool moms get, but because it took me child number six to get, is um, I have to do it in a formulaic way, that there's some formula out there. Well, there is a formula for your child, and only you know what it is, you know? Can I, can I read you something, oh, that makes me mad? Uh, you're going, okay, where's the mute button? No, it's something that was on Fox News last week that uh, I'll tell you who said, Rand Paul said he was being interviewed. He was talking about how um, school kids need to get back in the classroom now. Now they need to, because this is what he said. Most parents just aren't capable of teaching. Some are extraordinary teachers, but a lot of parents aren't. Most, wait, most parents just aren't capable of teaching. You know, that just fires me up <laughs> because no one is an expert on your child like you are. Right. And um, you are your, and I think your child's first teacher. The parent. Is- absolutely. Yes. And we're always teaching. We are what we teach and we teach what we are. So maybe I shouldn't have said who it was, but you know, (laughs) (laughs) most parents. Yeah. That is. No, no, it's so wrong. Yeah. So, you know, we are equipped, you know, by virtue of the fact that the Lord has blessed us with that particular child or, children you know and the and the fact that we have the freedom to homeschool and to create this amazing learning environment that is custom tailored to each of our children's specific needs you know I mean how wonderful is that that means that they can study things that they're passionate about that they can maybe go back and review things that they're struggling with And it's not the, you know, it's not the end of the road. They don't have to have a diagnosis or be put back a grade if they're struggling. You know, there's so many 
alternative ways we can we can help them address it we can do things out of the box i really loved how you spoke to that that there are many different avenues to this you know and the the goal is that the child learns that the child has this priceless gift of education and it doesn't have to happen in that like you said a formulaic way it can happen whatever way or method works best for your child. Exactly. And, uh, we've had a lot of questions about even testing and, uh, you know, then home, there's a lot of here and there with homeschoolers and using tests in elementary school or not using tests. But I kind of feel like they're in, like you mentioned a test. Well, if, you know, if you missed 25%, you know, you can go on, but technically you can go on. But like you said, you really are missing so much. That's just an indicator, whether you keep that test score or not, or uh, just use it to let you know, Ooh, I might need to go back and relearn this or try all those problems again. And maybe I'll do better the second time. So there's so much freedom, (laughs) but it's a wonderful And I think if a child does the work and they take the same tests the next day and they have learned from their mistakes, I'm keeping that grade that they get, or I'm I'm using that grade. School, I mean, the education system is so messed up. I mean, even like, think about Charlotte Mason, you know, who uh, tutored other people's children. You know, she... um, um, I'm not a huge proponent of any kind of methodology, you know, but I love what she would say if I'm recalling her, uh, I'll mess up her quote, but she's saying, let them get at the books themselves and don't let them be sidetracked by diluted information from teachers. And I've loved allowing my kids to have their own relationship with their history book you know, um, or have their own relationship with fill in the blank. Um, yeah. And, and just that they don't need a mediator. They can just absorb on their own. And, 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 you know, I, I don't like the college boards, but they're a necessary evil, but I believe you can test your kids to death and really suck the life out of education, you know, by having them regurgitate stuff. But to, I've never, never had one of my kids wake up on a Saturday morning and go, darn, it's not a school day. You know, know, that doesn't happen. It's never happened. However, I haven't fielded complaints and crummy attitudes and because they know what to do they know when they're done they're free and um family life is to me so much more important than not not more important than education but every bit as important let's get the government mandated stuff done and then learn what you want for fun you know versus snuffing out the love of learning so that when I graduated from college, I was like, no more books to read that. I hate, I mean, I can't believe I ever said that. Yeah. I was done. 
But that's all part of it too. I think using this model of learning that we're talking about today and the, the self-propelled idea really instills a love for learning in the long term. So that hopefully we're creating lifelong learners that don't get tired of books and that want to learn and dig it out on their own. So that's the goal. Well, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up today. I appreciate you joining me and sharing your wisdom about all of all of this good stuff and even the, the, the free download of your planner. I'm sure our listeners will appreciate that. It looks like a good, good place to start to organize your goals and, and, and it's self-propelled. <laughs> yes. And Jamie, thank you for sharing your wisdom. Oh. So oh. yeah, I get questions a lot about screen issues, screen time, and it's quite a dilemma. It is. So. It is. And I, granted, I'm, I can't say that we've had a perfect run because we've run into issues. Um, but I've just learned that the only way that we can that I can have a clear conscience by having technology at my children's fingertips is to have a filter. Yeah. (laughs) But do you have any final words for our listeners before we close today? Um, You know, I just want to encourage, I don't know how many moms are, are out there who are in a situation where their kids are home from school learning uh, via electronic classroom, but, you know, home education is so much easier than that, you know, having a teacher in your, you know, what's going on right now because of the pandemic, you know, home educating, you don't have to be a subject matter expert to educate your children because the resources Mm -hmm. are there to do it. And it's just the heart. And I know some people, I've heard say, oh, I can't wait till my kids go back to school. But I bet there's a lot of of moms and and dads out there who are going to miss their children when they go back to school and maybe are thinking they want to continue having their children at home with them. And I know homeschool.com has so many resources um, and with such wisdom just right there. So um, I just encourage anyone who is thinking about doing it for the long haul, that it's, it's, it's worth the investment. It really is. And it's fun. (laughs) And it's fun. It is. It is fun. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you. Thank you. I want to encourage our listeners to visit youarethemom.com. And as Joanne said, email her and she will send you a link for a free download of her student planner. And while we're talking or about planning, pardon? Sorry. Go ahead. Or find me on Facebook. Uh, you are the moms on Facebook. Just, yeah, any way I can get you information, yep. I'd be happy to. Yep. And I will make sure that links to her website are in the comments below in our Facebook Live. And um, uh, don't forget to visit homeschool.com. As Joanne mentioned, we've got a lot of great resources. If you're new to homeschooling, we have a guide to help you navigate all of those uncertainties and answer the questions that you might have. And if you are thinking about homeschooling right now is a good time to start. You can start in the middle of the year. 
Um, so many people have started mid-year homeschooling. In fact, we did a survey and came back that 40% of all the homeschoolers that responded had started in the middle of the year. And so don't be discouraged if you're interested and you're, you're just ready. Um, you can reach out to us. I'm sure Joanne wouldn't mind if you reached out to her. We'd be glad to answer any questions that you might have and help you get started. And so also want to mention that we'll be here next week, same time um, with another session. And this time we are going to be talking about burnout. And we have a special guest, Melanie from Psycho with Six, who will be joining us. So you don't want to miss that. Can't wait to see you then. Mm-hmm.